All right, welcome back, everyone. I think this is episode six of the Big Three Pod. Uh, we are your hosts. I got myself, Costa and Gav. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Hi, guys. Good to be here. Yes, yes. Got some exciting news. Some good results we'll get through. Uh, so what I want to start off with this week is uh, some of the moves that happen within the league. Uh, we'll start with one of my two of my favorites, uh, Socrates, he has signed with Olympiacos. Um, guess, Gav, I'll start with you since you're the Olympiacos fan here. How did that uh, news come to you? I, I mean, I knew there were some rumors kind of hit and miss. Would he go there? Then it kind of fell off because of his wage demands. Contract got terminated. Um, you guys got some defense. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's an awesome signing. Uh, I'm wearing my Sucurati jersey right now with Arsenal. Hopefully I have Olympiaco some by the end of the season. Um, I mean, yeah, it's not something I really thought would happen because, again, of the wage demands, you know, he's been playing in big leagues, making big money for a long time. But I think it's a really smart move for him because I think, you know, he's back in Greece. He's with a team that, you know, has European ambitions he will play a lot and he can be a, you know, a leader on the team. And I mean, yeah, I mean, when, once that news kind of heated up on Saturday, I, I got really excited about that. So um, I've said it a couple of times on Twitter. I think I'll say it here. Um, I, I think now with, you know, Semedo and Socrates and starting in defense, I, I think we're definitely in that conversation for probably one of the better defenses outside of the top five leagues, like the center back pairing, at least obviously because we need a right back. still, but, um, yeah, I'm really excited. And I think that really ups our chances in a Europa League against PSV at least because, you know, they're a very attractive team. And now we have, you know, we've added to an already really strong defense. So I'm excited for it. Cool. All right, Costa, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. The really reinforces the Olympia Costa fans. Um, along with Ryabchuk on the left, who's performed really well since he's come in, uh, you know, right back. You'd say it's their only option, but uh, we've all seen Andrutus perform pretty well during the last two games. Um, if he does play against Pauk in the uh, midweek, then it'll be interesting. I think it's in the midweek. At any rate, um, but yeah, he, Socrates is a great signing. He's going to really shore up that defense for, you know, two or three more years because he still has a lot in him. Um, yeah, he's only 31 or 32, so yeah, 32. you know a lot of people were like worried. I was talking to a lot of my Dortmund fans, uh, thinking, yeah, they're surprised he's signed there, he's washed this, that, but I think it's just people forget he is still only 32. That's still pretty young for a defender, yeah. and uh, kind of got forgotten. He went to Arsenal, had some injuries, you know, he didn't really play much, so um, it's kind of hard to judge him at this point what shape he's in, where his game speed is at. But, I mean, given his age and he still got it from his last few years at Dortmund, he still looked really rock solid. And even for the few games he showed for Arsenal, I think he was pretty good. So, Yeah, he, he didn't have the greatest time at Arsenal, but I just think the, you know, the Premier League, the speed didn't suit him. It was too fast. He's not, and he's not a technical enough defender to perform in that league. But let's face it, the Greek league is not on that level. Um, no, but I mean, they paired him with like David Luiz. We've seen where Arsenal's no, yeah, been at the last yeah. couple of years. So I don't, personally, I don't think it's a really fair judgment on him. Um, got just put into a really, 
crappy situation for lack of better terms. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm, I mean, he's going to perform. I'm fairly sure of that. Um, yeah. Olivia goes easily, obviously already had the best defense in the league. Uh, I also think this means Cisse is definitely going into, or Semeva is definitely going into summer. And, uh, It'll be interesting to see how much money they can get for those because those are players with some real high potential. So we know Olibiakos is good at selling players and uh, it'll be interesting to see how much they get for them. I'd say yeah. 50 million at least. Probably. probably I know there's a lot of uh, chatter about Cissé. He's got a lot more uh, interest from uh, just overseas in general, maybe more than Semedo. Semedo, I like how he looked kind of mid and beginning of the season after Europe and lately I've talked to Gav about this he just kind of seems very erratic and makes some bonehead decisions he's just kind of reckless a lot of the times um but I mean they've they've held up they did well in Europe not conceding a lot of goals for most of it considering how I think clueless he is at times so I think Socrates is a great signing uh i don't even think his wages were that ridiculous when we saw the final uh numbers on them wasn't, wasn't like one and a half million or something like i think one million and some crazy. bonuses you know depend on performance based stuff but um i know he was holding out and just kind of waiting and just like me throw we'll get to him next uh on some teams he was waiting on to hear from um i think the bigger chatter was he was hoping maybe a call from Liverpool because of Klopp. Um, I think they called, but nothing really came of it. Um, Ike, I think even wanted to put in a bid, but I think the biggest thing was everyone was worried about his wages and to find out what his wages are, I think, and maybe given, you know, financial situation with the Greek league, it, it's understandable why maybe other teams didn't make that big of a bid, but in the grand scheme of things, like, one million isn't really all that bad to really, for a player of his caliber at least, but I think Olibiokos is one of the only ones that could really afford him right now because they're getting the money from, you know, competing, winning Europe. Um, but definitely, definitely does help shape you guys up. Um, yeah, so we'll go to the next one. Offer oh. But they were sent it like, uh, I think a week, like a few days after even, because Socrates didn't accept it fast enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they had a whole announcement about that. Not, not good PR for the club, but yeah. Anyway, no, I, I thought it was kind of bizarre. I mean, I I get the whole thing about him being Ike, but to make an announcement about a player you're not signing is just yeah. I, I didn't really get it. <laughs> They've yeah, done it with uh, coaches leaving or not leaving, which we'll get to that too. I guess Datsis is out officially now, but um, yeah, that's. I don't know. I don't know who handles that kind of stuff, how you can just have such a big miss on that. Um, well, we can blame Kone. We can blame him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not done well. He also, uh, yesterday evening, it came out that he didn't get Levaya to extend either. So he's yeah. uh, <laughs> not a great start. Yeah, they. I think I read reports they just instantly rejected the offer because it wasn't even, it was kind of like a laughable offer for him and so, yeah, I mean, they basically wanted to keep him on the same terms he already had. At and he's been having a decent season, so you got to kind of give him a little more money. Come on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, he deserves it. And especially the guy's 27 years. He's not going to take a contract on the exact same terms. No, he's barely hitting his prime right now, too. So, exactly, yeah. 
Yeah, he's set for release now. So that's another player. That's not looking good for you guys. Yeah. yeah, just financially. It was pretty obvious he would leave the whole season, but you know, you'd like to at least get some money out of it. In this case, you won't. Yeah, unfortunately, but you know, anything's possible. We've seen stranger things. Um, let's see where are we at. Next one is Mitroglu. He is officially signed for well, I haven't, I think it's I official, official, yet. but it, it's pretty much done deal. Although, so here's my take is a lot, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he's not much of a social media presence at all. Um, there's pictures floating out there with him of meeting with Addis and stuff and their gear, but I don't know how true or that's real or not. Um but he posted a thank you to Olympic Marseille today, a video like saying thank you to the fans and the club and all that, even though, I don't know, I would have just kind of said a thank you with a picture and a jersey, but he put together a whole videography and it was kind of weird because they did not want him there. He was not wanted, pushed them around team to team. He played, uh, where did he go? He went to Turkey, he went to PSV, he went all over in his two or three years he was there. So it was kind of odd but um Addis is basically what it's looking like um but with that being said with the whole social media thing I saw is thank you today or maybe it was earlier yesterday and then <clears throat> earlier he posted also Wafa posted a video of him scoring a goal in Champions League a few years back when he played for Benfica um and he reposted it saying something like Vamos Benfica, blah, blah, blah. He says more to come soon, dot, dot, dot. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of odd. He would be saying that to Benfica or to Champions League. But maybe that means he's back in Europe or maybe he's, I don't know. Take that without what you will. What are you guys' thoughts of Mitroglu if he ends up at Aris? Uh, it's a great signing for them. I think we talked about last week how they would drop out of the top four unless they got a proper striker. Well, now they do. Um, I still don't know if he fits into their uh, playing style that much, though, because they like to, they're a team that likes to pass into space a lot uh, when they play offensively. You know, they like strikers who make runs. Mitoglu isn't that striker. He's more no, of a definitely not. player, obviously, you know, keeps the ball, you know, lying deep um, and more of a target man, obviously. So they'll have to change up their style significantly if they want to accommodate them in the team. Um, and But I still feel like he's going to get them. Obviously, he'll need some time to get into it. But by the time the playoff comes, uh, by the, when the playoffs come, I feel like he's going to be you know, in form and uh, definitely able to give them that edge. So I would, uh, I would say they keep that top four spot, honestly. While they will be, I think, behind Falcon Ajax, um, I think they'll ma maintain that top four spot over Bathnikos, but obviously we'll have to see. Nothing sure about that. Um, but yeah, like also PR wise, it's a big sign in for Addis. It's the first time they huge. I think it's the first time they really like signed someone from like a big statement from, like, signing. They've never exactly, had like really yeah anything. It's always been kind of local Just guys from a foreign club in general. It's I think their first signing, and uh, it was good. I think they got him for free. I might be wrong, but. Yeah, uh, Marseille did terminate his contract yeah. uh, officially, kind of similar situation like with Socrates. Mm -hmm. They did terminate, so he's kind of a free agent at this point. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty good business. Um, I know Gav said the other time that uh, I think Olympiacos 
or a lot of Olympiacos fans wanted, obviously, them to get him. But uh, I kind of split decision. A lot of people didn't want him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for a backup, I don't think it would have hurt, but especially now that Hassan's back, I feel like Aris is the better choice for him personally as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm also curious to see just kind of what game kind of game shape he's in. Um, I just know at Marseille, he didn't fit that culture. They didn't want him. Um, his stint in Turkey was kind of weird and odd and short and PSV complained he's very lazy, not a good trainer, kind of like what we've heard throughout the years and when he's ever gone abroad, even in England. Um, but I do know in in the Dutch league, you know, he did learn a lot um, being that poacher type, playing on, playing on the back line, like you said, Costa. Um, he did learn in a few of his stints that I watched, you know, his hold-up play is still great. Um, but his link-up play and his passing uh, did improve just because he had to adjust. You know, he wouldn't fit the Dutch league very well with just being the type of player he normally is because they play even faster on the counter, you know, quick one to like constant moving, and that's just not his game. So, like you said, Adis plays obviously not to that quality, but they play that style as well as watching. They, they play a lot between the lines and link-up and stuff. So, uh I like the signing for them from a neutral standpoint. Uh, I just, like you, I don't know how he'll kind of fit into the system. I think they'll kind of find some way to either incorporate him or they'll change up, but um, it, it should be pretty interesting. Um, obviously, if it's it's not official yet, so maybe he doesn't end up in Greece. Well, who knows, um, but we'll, we'll yep. see. Gav, what about you? What do you think about it all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, a good signing for them. I'm still not sure if it really guarantees them top four, which is the way they've been playing versus how Panathinaikos have been playing. Just because, like you guys have said, he hasn't been playing regular football in like two years now at least. So it could take him a while to get back into form if he does, which obviously I don't want to sit here and say, oh, he's not going to. But overall, I think that it's a pretty decent signing for them. To the point of how they play, I actually think that he, he depending on what kind of shape he's in, could fit their kind of style. The thing I've noticed with Audis is a lot of the times, you know, even the way they play, they'll try to find, you know, that, you know, last ball into the middle and nobody's there. Yeah. So I think if he, again, you know, being an experienced striker, you would hope that his timing is probably at the best it'll ever be, even if he's slowed down a little bit physically. But I think he could fit that style. And I also do think that, you know, his technique is something that's kind of always been underrated. I think he does have a, you know, pretty good, you know, technical skills. And I think overall, you know, he could really be that player that takes him to another level for a couple of seasons or he could not. So to me, it's one of those things where we really have to see, but I think it has the potential to be a really good signing. Yeah, it's a huge gamble, but I think they really have nothing to lose with it, honestly. If he's if he's a free and he doesn't work out, it's, it's not going to really affect them unless they start losing games because he's out there. But He's an attacker, so I don't see that happening. Uh, To your point, yeah, he's got really good feet. You know, he's a poacher. He's he's slow. He's never been fast. But if he's even 50% of what he was in his last few seasons at Benfica, this, yeah, I I think this shoots Adis easily to keep within the top five at the very least, um, as long as they're able to, you know, continue that form that they're in. So we'll see about that. Um, The next one is... 
I'm kind of happy, but it's kind of odd. I put in my notes here, uh, Kagawa goes to Falk. Um, great statement signing for them again. Falk just somehow managing great PR like this. Kagawa, very underrated player. I think in my eyes, I watched him a lot at Dortmund. He still did really well in Turkey um, last couple of years. I don't know what he, I haven't really kind of kept tabs on them within the last six months, but um I think he's great just to have in the league because I love him as a player and he's still, still got so much technique and so much to give. Uh, the guy doesn't age. He's kind of one of those guys. But for Falk, is that really what they needed? Another midfielder? I mean, they're kind of stacked as it is. They brought back Warda, now Kagawa. Just, it's just an odd, odd signing for me. Um, I get yeah. it for financial reasons and maybe for sales and stuff, but for the good of the team, we'll kind of get into it later with their results. It just, to me, doesn't make sense outside of that. Like, why would you need another quality midfielder? Uh, yeah, I don't think it makes any sense at all, especially due to the fact that they have still yet to address any of the issues they have. Um, I've not seen them sign a defender. They've sold a defender. So they're like so practice would have made much more sense for him to go there. I would have honestly maybe probably switched the signings there. You guys probably, I mean, you guys will benefit from anything, but you guys would have benefited from having Kago over Pauk and yeah. Socrates. At yeah, I mean, I, 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 it just it doesn't I make sense. That. I mean, I'm happy again, I'm happy with signing Socrates, but I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. But for Pauk, I mean, obviously, it's a good signing, he's going to be a good player, but. You got to think, you know, who's he forcing out of the lineup? Is it going to be, you know, Zivkovic? Is it going to be, you know, Solis? Because, I mean, he played, he's a winger slash, you know, attacking midfielder. I mean, that's where Pauk are the strongest. And they just signed Warda, too. I mean, to me, I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I, it doesn't make sense, honestly. I hope they got him for cheap because to me, his wages is, are probably pretty high, his demands, too. That's uh, with the three of these guys, they came from, you know, Overseas, they've been passed around, obviously, but I can tell you from the Dortmund standpoint, uh, getting Kagawa even loaned out someone to take him on because he had wages from United and then Dortmund. Uh, it was a struggle, um, and he ended up in Turkey, and we all know yeah. Turkey's like one of the only lower leagues outside of the top five leagues that really can afford that kind of stuff. So I'm curious what his wages are, too. Yeah, he's also been a free agent, I think, for a couple of months now. So he's not in a condition needed to fight for the league or even fight for top, like even fight for top two. Um, it's it's a bit of a bizarre signing, as you guys said. Uh, they, you know, they should have been. I think it's just a bit of a waste of money, considering Savidis, you know, isn't really investing in the club anymore. They. Are, they have to be self-sufficient, basically, money-wise. Um, it just feels like they could have really used those wages in another spot much more usefully. Then again, they are probably going to get a lot of money over the summer from uh, Yanuli. So I guess that if they do buy him, uh, if Norwich does buy him. But uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, he's going to definitely make them stronger, but he'll need a couple of weeks just to get into it. And by that time, the playoffs will have already rolled around. I guess they're keeping him from that. Um, you guys know how long his contract was. 
the two-year contract. It, I don't think it's been announced yet officially. Yeah. But I don't know if we know the details yeah. on that. Yeah, if it's any more than a two-year contract, I'd be very surprised. But I guess we're going to see. I mean, they're probably just using up the money that they're getting even from the loan fee from Yanulis. I mean, he fits, listen, he fits their system. They they play, you know, attacking football. They play good link up and whatnot. It's just like we said, you know, they're just overstacked in that position. And it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me, honestly. Um, but I mean, I guess it is what it is. We'll, we'll see how it works out if, if it goes through or not. Um, yeah. Both depends if he still got it. I mean, he used to be a quality player. I think it, uh, when he was at Zaragoza, he didn't really do very well uh, just last season uh, in the Spanish league or second league, actually. Yeah. But so he sells the quality, you know, and obviously the Greek league is not that high when it comes to quality. Um, although you could argue it's better than the Spanish second. Um, you, I could still see him performing, but uh, I think. If anything, Warda would lose his spot because they can't afford to stop Zolis from playing. You know, he's basically, you know, he has to... Yeah, he he's going to play centrally. There's there's no way Kagawa is going to be on the wing. I, it'd yeah, be exactly. it'd have to a be crime to put him out there at his age and just the amount of creativity he brings. It just it wouldn't make sense. Unless they're planning on yeah. maybe Zolis is moving in the summer too. I mean, who knows? Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rumors are he, you know, there's a lot of clubs that want him. If I were Pauk, I'd just try to hold to him as much as possible. They have yeah, once his contract, contract up. He's until 2024, I think. So there's Oh, no okay. Time. So, yeah, I mean, if they can hold on to him for at least another year, they could still splash in a, a nice a nice coin for him. But, I mean, yeah, definitely. we'll see. They let go of their best left back, and it showed <laughs> this past okay. week. Uh, so, I don't know. It's Pauk. Anything is possible. <laughs> Um, any other signings you guys heard of? Uh, I know, Gav, I was telling you earlier before we started recording, um, Costa, I don't know if you saw, but um, Velo signed Donis too. They had a pretty cool announcement oh, video. Yeah, yeah. I love that um, announcement. Kind of a random signing, I guess. I don't know. He'll, I, don't, I haven't really kept up with him too much. Um, I think he'll be all right. Uh, I think he's the younger of the two. Is he? I think he's older. He's older okay. than Tassos. Okay. I um, couldn't remember. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, I think they're similar, but he's a bit older. Probably. Yeah, they might be like a yeah, year or two apart, I think. But um, yeah, we'll see how that Tassos works out. Young, mm-hmm. yeah, he's I mean, playing a lot in Italy, so it's a good move for him as well just to get more playing time. I think it's a loan. It's not a signing, but it's still a. You know, they're in a relegation battle, so they need everyone they can get. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I don't have any other... uh, Crazy to think. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, so I was just saying, which is crazy to think with how Kamakis is playing that they're still in a relegation battle in the Netherlands, but I I guess that's how it is when you're a team that's also lost 13-0 in the season. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, he could be scoring. That doesn't mean they're winning per se. Yeah. He scored um, more than half of their goals. So. Yeah, so Definitely I mean, so they same. just don't have any production anywhere else. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, um, speaking of signings, there were a couple more that I saw in the, in the Greek league. Um, Ophi signed. Uh, oh yeah. Kostainos, I don't know how you say his name. 
he played for Twente for several years and was a pretty solid striker in Eredivisie. So for them, I think that's a really good signing. And then also I saw Caradis was linked with Panatolikos, which would be a really good signing hmm. for them if they could pull it off. Is he a free agent? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he's been bounced around everywhere. I mean, ever since that injury, he hasn't really bounced back in that form. But I'd be happy to see him back in Greece. I used to be pretty high on him until he just kind of fell off randomly. So, yeah, they're both yeah, so pretty sure. young as well. So, I think Carlis mm-hmm. is 28, and I think Castanis as well. So, yeah, it's not, you know, these washed up players they're bringing back home. They're actually, I mean, they may be technically, you know, they. Obviously, they aren't in the greatest form, but uh, they could definitely revitalize their careers in Greece. Yeah, I think there's also rumor of... Well, yeah, I mean, 28, I I don't know. There's also rumors of Lacodimos coming back, uh, the winger, not the keeper. Um, He's bounced around. He moved up to, I think, second tier Germany, but he they got a new coach and he just fell out of the rotation completely. Uh, Because they don't play any wingers. They play wingbacks, and that's not his game, obviously. So um, he's been adjusting in training, but I haven't seen him get any minutes for like seven or eight straight games. So there's rumor of him um, coming back. I've seen them perform in some games, and he's posting or he's at home. He's not even with the team. So um, I don't know what's going on there, but he, I mean, he's only 28, 29 too. He's bounced around everywhere. Just, uh, he might be back in Greece. So we'll see. It's good to see these signings overall. Just, uh, you know, I don't think we've seen many Januaries like this where really every club is just reinforced. Okay. You could argue Paul Glostian Nullis, but apart from that, there's nothing really, you know, they've stayed at the same strength at every club. So, I think this may be a good start towards, you know, actually getting our teams to perform better in Europe again. Well, not only that, but it, it's, a, it's a busy window as it is just for the Greek league in general, whether it's, I mean, obviously it's more surprising because it's a January window, but in, in general, it's to see this many big signings too for, you know, those top five teams making those moves that they need or just because is, is good to see. Um, so I'm pretty excited. This should be an interesting push to the rest of the season, the cup, um, and for next season. We'll see how it kind of stirs up. Uh, with that being said, let's get into some results here, I guess. Do you guys want to start with uh, league results or the cup results? I guess, yeah, let's begin with the cup, seeing as it was yeah. old, older. All right, so cup results, I've got them here. Um Aris uh, 2-0 over Asteras, Volos 2-0 over Griti, Ofi, Pauk 5-0 over Larisa, Pantolikos, Olivyakos lost 3-0 to them, of course, Aik 2-0 over Apollon, and then the draw with Pas and Atromitos. So we'll start at the top, guys. Aris 2-0 over Asteras. Thoughts? I think it's a you know, good result for Aris, uh, seeing how they've been playing lately. And to keep Asteras off the board with, you know, Barales in the form that he's in, uh, that's a, a very good result. Um, I think this is probably one of the only, you know, results I would say that's kind of surprising. Not really because 
Asteras are a much better team than, you know, Aris, but Aris have been in poor form lately, so to see them pull off a pretty convincing win is uh, good for them, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, not sure, I might be uh, might be wrong, but I don't think uh, Varales played in that game, which uh, means Asteras were missing, like, a player that they were, you know, very dependent on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I th- no, I'm yeah, I'm fairly sure it was that game. Um, but yeah, Asteras, uh, you know, I'd say 2-0 basically wraps it up in the Great Cup. You know, you really don't see many clubs coming back from that. And uh, just something to add, it's also a shame that this is basically, you know, that there are no uh, lower league clubs involved in this this year. Because half, you know, half, you know, the magic of the cup, so to speak, is really these lower teams coming out and managing to beat these you know, bigger teams. Yeah, example, underdogs, uh, some surprise yeah. results, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so kind of just, it, it feels like kind of the league results all over again. Like you're not really getting any variety here. Yeah, exactly. Like say last season when uh, I think it was, yeah, Kalamata, who was in the third league, beat uh, IL 3-0 at home. Those kind of results just make it way more interesting. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have that this time around. But uh, even so... I think this will just make it easier, really, for the big four, big five clubs to go through to the semifinals, especially since it's with, I think it's a two-legged system. So, yeah, as you said, it's basically the league all over again. And uh, seeing as the big teams will take it seriously, I don't see anything exciting or very exciting really happening. But obviously, we'll have to see. I might be wrong. All right. Uh, next one, Volos and Ofi. Volos, 2-0. Uh, you guys think that's a surprise result? Or, I mean, personally, yeah, I think Volos is kind of in iffy form, but Ofi's been kind of off for the last, like, three, four results I put it here in my notes, even in the league. So, what are your guys' thoughts, Costa? You started on that. Ofi's problem, really, is that they, uh, you know, same thing in the Volos game. They just they played well, but they just can't convert their chances Yep. Um, and I guess we'll also talk about that when we talk about the Panathinaikos game because they had a lot of chances there. Um, Volos led for a while, and then Ofi really, you know, didn't quite throw the kitchen sink at them, but they attacked a lot. Uh, we actually saw Tsiganidis come back from injury, which is good to see. Um, you know, because he's, he's been out for seven months or something. So just as a, yeah, it was good to see that. Um, and then Volos just scored a 2-0 pretty late on from a set piece. So perhaps not the most deserved win, but it's a win that pretty almost definitely gets them to the next round. So they're going to be very happy with that. I mean, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm particularly too surprised by the result. Obviously, I mean, if you look at the stats for the teams, you know, it looks maybe a little more surprising than it is. But I think that, Volos in general, I think you even saw it this weekend, they're playing better and finding a way to get results more than Ofi are. So, I mean, yeah, again, like you guys said, Ofi with the chances and the offensive conversion is just really bad in the new year specifically. So, yeah, I think that that ties pretty wrapped up too. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I share the same thoughts, like I said. Volos, like you said, Gav, they're, they're just finding ways to win. Uh, they're kind of in better form now. Um, Duvikas is continuing to score. I don't know if he scored in that game. I'd have to go back and check my notes. But um, overall, 
Volos staying a little more consistent. They're staying around that mid table. Um, maybe they can make some noise in this cup. We'll see how far they get. So, um, Bauk, 5 0 over Larissa. Um, I mean, no, no, is that expected? No, no, no. I don't know if there's much to say. I mean, they pulverized them. I don't think anyone was expecting Larissa to really do anything. I will say, if they had anything to do this year, it would be in the cup. But I mean, your first round opponent, Pauk, just even on their off day, they're not catching them 5 0. Uh, I think that's self explanatory. So, yeah. Yeah. Zoli's got his uh, first hat trick there as well, which is nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. You know, which he turned around and just had a stinker the other day against Ike, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, same thing with the next one. Olivia Costa, Rino over Pantolikos. Same thing with them. If they had anything to really do, they would be the cup and they get put against the reigning champs. I mean, not much to say. Olivia Costa kind of handled that easily. Guys, any anything to really add into that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the basic it was, I guess. It, yeah, I mean, it was nice to see us basically rest our entire team and still play well. Um, that's where we saw Andruzzo start right back for the first time. But yeah, pretty self-explanatory. All right, uh, Ike two 0 over Apollon. Um, Kos, I'll go to you for that. That was kind of an interesting match. Uh, good yeah, result. we didn't play very well on that one. But uh, it was, I think it was one goal for ages. He scored it very, very early and very late. Um, but, you know, obviously we didn't play a great team either. Um, you know, played a right back, Radonje, who's never played a game for us before in his life. So, <laughs> you know, th that kind of thing. We didn't have a great side, but we got the job done. Um, and, yeah, pretty, pretty basic win. You know, pretty, nothing much to say there. Yeah, I'd agree, Gav. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's better to see a 2-0 win than the 3-3 that they had a few weeks ago. Um, so I guess it's <laughs> good to see them kind of showing up the defense a little bit. But yeah, overall, pretty expected win for them. All right. I guess we'll wrap up with the cup for this round. Boss and Atromitos, 2-2. Um did you guys catch that game? That was kind of an interesting game. Um, Costa, I'll ask you. I don't know if you you have them handy, but I'm curious what the XG was for that game specifically. Fortunately, the XG, as far as I know, isn't collected for the cup, or at least I couldn't find it anywhere. Okay. So unfortunately, I'm willing to bet it wasn't, you know, going to be a four game. No, no, it was a very set piece based game. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a very, uh, you know, both teams played not their main teams, but also not second string teams, somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, Bas actually played a few young players, which is nice to see. Um, I think Atromitos a few as well. But, uh, you know, I think two, both of Atromitos' goals were set pieces, if I remember correctly. One was a penalty for Bas, so, you know, it's not, it wasn't really this big free-flowing game. And uh, pitch was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I put that in my notes. To... I don't know if we'll have enough time for it, but the pitch, I was watching the Volos game too in the league. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's I'm just inexcusable. Yeah. That's terrible, man. I, I have a better grass in my yard and I have two kids <laughs> and a dog, like, and mine looks 10 times better than that. Like, it's horrible. I yeah. mean, I get it, financial situation, whatever, but I mean, 
take care of your pitch, man. That's, I don't know what it is. That's terrible. I see where the goalkeepers are saying. It's like, sometimes I'm amazed they're making some of these saves because there's, they're just sitting in mud. Yeah. I mean, at the same time though, it's kind of one of the things that makes pass such a difficult game, you know? So I, I would honestly not be surprised if they are not trying to maintain that field because that really levels the playing field for them a lot of the time, <laughs> which it kind of yeah. hasn't, the last two results didn't really work out like that. But, you know, again, I yeah, I did the same over the last few years. It was always hard to go to their pitch as well. They fixed it up about a year ago, but uh, no, same problems. And I guess one issue is that just in, you know, in Ibiza, Northern Greece, in winter, it just rains a lot. I think I heard a comment over the commentator say it's been raining there for one month straight. So I guess that doesn't help their efforts, but, you know, it rains in England as well, and they've got decent pitches, so. Yeah, well, on that note, that kind of wraps up the cup. Um, all right, guys, so that puts us at uh, league results. So I'll just kind of roll through the results, the table, and we'll just kind of take it from there and go game by game. So first game I have on the list is uh, Asteras 1-0 over Larissa. Uh, Aris 1-0 over Apollon. Panathinaikos 2-0 over Ofi. Uh, Olympiacos 1-0 over Atromitos. Lamia and Pantolikos ended in a 0-0 draw. Goose egg there. Um, Bas and Volos. Volos took that one 1-0. And then last but not least, the big game, 2-2 draw, Bauk and Ike. Um, so that puts Olympiacos still at the top, 48 points. They're pulling away. Ike in second with 37. Addison Bauk with 36 apiece, but Nikos with 31. And then that leaves Asteras, 27. Yeah. Then Volos, Atromitos, Ofi, Apollon, Bas, Pandalikos, Larisa, Lamia. So thoughts on all those guys. We'll start with Asteras and 1-0 uh, over, where did it go? I think it was Larisa. Larisa, yeah. Um, Gab, I think you started off that last one kind of a boring. Yeah, I mean, your thoughts. I I thought they started like six defenders, I guess, in an attempt to go and kind of park the bus for the draw. Um, and that's kind of how the game played out. Um, I would say I really only remember them having one any sort of clear cut chance, but it was saved. Um, and then but all this got on with a, a scrappy goal, but they scored it. I would say Asteras definitely deserved to win. Um, not really sure why, you know, Larissa are playing for draws when they really need to be kind of going for it right now. But, I mean, I guess that's the, the state the club is in. Yeah, for six defenders, uh, they still didn't do any kind of defensive job whatsoever, even though they're trying to park the bus or play for the draw. I mean, Asteras still played a pretty open game. They kind of were still able to find in between the lines and make some passes. And I'm surprised they actually didn't score a few more than just the one. But yeah, like you said, he finally found that opening. He scored. Um, I mean, not much more to say. It's kind of kind of was a boring game outside of that. Uh, they played against the bad club. Larissa just 
bad overall. Not much more to say on that. Costa? Yeah, dude. Just as you guys said, uh, I won't add much on. Just uh, Nari says expected goals, which I checked pretty interesting, 0.14. They basically didn't threaten. <laughs> So, it was better than what yeah. last week we had a 0 0.02 yeah, 0 from 0 4 was 0 0.04 was off, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they, had a, they had a player sent off against Spalock. Um <laughs> No, Isle was like this from the get-go. <laughs> yeah, no, they, I know. Uh, deserved deserved a win. Um they're going they're gunning for top six now. And uh, it's hard to see anyone else really beat them because they're the most consistent team. Yeah, I mean, they're pulling away from, I think Volos is right behind them, but they're about five or six points back, so. Yeah, and they've got um, Barales on 10 goals now, so, you know, they're they're really doing well in the league. All right, that puts us next with Aris and Apollon. Um, Aris 1-0, I think it was. Great link-up, open game. That was one of the games where I was watching, and I was like, wow, I couldn't imagine if they – end up with like a Mitroglu that would be like a 4-0 win probably if he's in any shape or form um yeah I mean thoughts? I think despite the openness it wasn't really a, a vintage performance from Aris but they got the job done um as you all know with a pretty scrappy goal that I, I believe it went to VAR for them to review it but obviously they allowed it and it was a goal so they got the but it's a difficult place to play, you know. Apollon, they've been a tough team this year, so I think, you know, Ari's given the form there, and you take the 1 0 and you're happy and you go home. Yeah. Yeah. You get three points. I don't know why they went to VR. It was kind of pretty obvious if you watch the replay once or twice. Yeah. Like, there's nothing more to see. Uh, they had their defenders and keeper on the line, but I mean, I guess I saw players throwing their arms up and stuff like, hey, I'll, but I mean, pretty yeah. obvious, but outside of that, yeah. They got the scrappy win. Costa, your thoughts? Yeah, as you said, scrappy win for Ives. Um, it was good to see the newest, well, good, good for them to get the, to see the newest signing, uh, Nicolas Ioannou, get a goal. Um, otherwise, from a, you know, from an Apollon point of view, it was just, they did perform badly, but not well enough to win. They had their chances, but that's about it. Um, but they're still safe from relegation, obviously, so they don't really need to be threatened by that at all. Um, and at least, you know, they could be if they win their game in hand. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think 12 points clear of the relegation zone. They have not, don't need to worry about that. But uh, Aris, you know, back to winning ways after a couple of losses. And um, yeah, I feel like there wasn't convincing, but it was just a sign that they're, you know, back in business and back for, to gun for top well, top two, actually. Yeah, they're right there with uh, with Bauk and a couple points behind Ike, so we'll see. Um, next one on the docket is Panathinaikos over Ofi 2-0. Um, one thing I did forget to add in the beginning, but this kind of blows into this game. Panathinaikos pulled off a win. Pretty convincing, considering the heavy rotation again. They're playing a lot of their young guys. <clears throat> Um, and that's to my point of uh, you see the top three, top four making some moves in summer signings. And here's Spanikos just being typical and not really making any signings. If anything, they offloaded for very cheap, cheap fee. But 
I guess the bright spot to all this is uh, they're playing a lot of their young academy guys and they're getting results, um, which is good. So I guess motto of, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, maybe Bologna is just trying to see what he has with the youth before making any moves, but um, doesn't surprise me they didn't make any moves. They're, they're in good form. Um, pretty cheeky goal that second one back flick um made some notes i know Campetis, uh alexandroplo uh who else there are a couple guys they just they performed really really well um kind of like you mentioned costa ofi even in some of the cup games they just couldn't capitalize on chances they, they had some it's kind of a back and forth game but um could have been very different had Ofi even capitalized on a couple of their chances. Uh, Emmanuel Yidis, that was the other guy. Um, otherwise, overall, I'm satisfied. Another three points, kind of chipping away slowly, maybe making that top four. We'll see. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, just continuing the good form. Uh, like you said, you know, given what I assume their financial position is. I don't think it really makes any sense for them to be trying to make signings right now. They're playing well. I mean, they've, they've found guys that are, you know, off the bench, even performing, like you said, Emmanuel Vivis, you know, Campetis, you know, coming in and playing as well. So overall, I think Jonathan Echos is in really good shape. Yeah, they're showing really good signs in general. As you said, a lot of rotation, you know, a lot of young guys in there. Um, I feel like they just really need to tie Alexandropoulos down to a long-term contract because they can't, uh, you know, if they have something like Zagarit, uh, you know, Zagarit is leaving for peanuts basically um, now in the winter window because yep. his contract is running out. Um, you know, they have to avoid these kind of problems. Uh, I think Yonid is just signed, so that's less of a pressing issue, but I think the same goes for Emmanuel Lidis and Kabadzis. Um, I think I just read recently they want to um, tie Kampitsis down, give him an extension, yeah, I think, till 24, right. 25, something like that. Um, yeah, that would that's, be that's good. Yeah, they need all these players on long-term deals because, you know, they run out. <laughs> but uh, apart from that, I feel like they have a decent core of players. You know, players like uh, Schenkefeld or Velez or Mauricio that are actually performing, you know, that deserve to keep their place. But they just need to have a smart summer window this time because a lot of these signings really aren't panning out as planned. You know, Carlitos has been there for a year now. They've always said he would turn into a striker that would score consistently, but we've never really seen that happen over the past year. Or... Uh, you know, players like Ayub or, to be fair, Cantala Piedra has been decent, but still, you know, Aitor, uh, you know, these kind of signings just haven't panned out as planned. And they, uh, if they want to, you know, actually push for top three, top two, you know, that kind of, those kind of space in the future, they just need to be a bit smarter with where they spend their money and, you know, how they get their money from those young players. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, they're getting results, but I think they're like one or two small tweaks away from, you know, if they get some quality or consistency from some of their outside foreign players that um, they can make that breakthrough. But it, it's good to see they're, you know, tapping into, you know, they're not getting it from there. They're not looking to spend. 
um, financially. So let, let's dig into what do we have in our youth um, and it's working. It's not often you see so much heavy rotation and you're still getting results. So um, that's really good for them. Uh, like I said, being a fan, that's, I'm happy with it, no matter where they end up on the table. Even if they don't crack top four, this is uh, definitely moving the positive direction um, considering how the season started. But um, with that, Gav, I'll go over to you. Olympiacos at Romitos. Your thoughts uh, on that game? Yeah. I mean, 1-0. Obviously, it's a, a result we can be satisfied with. We didn't play badly. I, I wouldn't say we were great. Obviously, it was only 1-0. But again, you know, Tromitos are a tough, tough team to play. Um, I really liked, you know, seeing you know, Rabchuk and Andruzos looked as good at the fullbacks as we've seen all season. You know, both of them overlapping really well, getting crosses into the box. So that was good to see. Um, Bruma scored one of the cheekiest goals I think you'll ever see. Very smart uh, goal, actually. Yeah, I have to say. it was... Kind yeah, of questionable was, with the push, but I mean, I don't think there was enough there to really push no, for it. But no, but I mean, overall, I mean, good result for us against a decent side and take three points and move on. Another clean sheet, you know, like we were talking about the defense earlier, seven goals in 18 games is pretty solid, no matter what level you're playing at. Costa? Yeah, I agreed. Um, you know, low scoring affair. Um, Olbiak was dominated, I think, tacticals wise as well, from what I'm seeing here. Uh, actually, in general, you know, this Super League round in general has just been very, very low scoring. Just looking at my notes here, there's been four teams that have expected goals over one just for this round, which is pretty insane. But uh, at any rate, back to Olbiak goes. Um, they had a good performance, you know, considering they did put out their first team, you might want to have seen a bigger margin, but a win's a win, obviously. And they did well, obviously a cheeky goal by Bruma, as you said. Um, I was impressed by Andruzos in general, you know, that guy's been playing yeah. all over the pitch since he's played for Olympiacos. I've seen him in, you know, attacking midfield, central midfield wing. Um, I think he played striker for Atromitos at one point when he was on loan last season. And now he's on the fullback position. So <laughs> always good to have a player like that that you can really jack know, of all trades. Exactly. Very versatile. Atromitos, nothing really impressive from their side. They uh, There was a penalty shout at some point for a handball, but that was pretty much it. And not threatening at all. Pretty much deserved one for Uh Volos and Bas. Um... Dubica scored, I think it was a PK. Not much to say on that one, like I mentioned earlier in the pod. Terrible field. Uh, it's kind of just a sloppy, scrappy game. That's all I can really say on that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it was a deserved win for Bolos. I think they just about edged it performance-wise. Dubica uh, hit the post also. I don't know if you guys saw that. So, I mean, easily could have had a second in the first half. And pass. I mean, they, they put a lot of pressure on to the credit, but nothing much really came of it. So I, I don't really know if they deserved to get a result there. So I think you know, overall, the 1 0 to Bodos is a fair outcome. Yeah, but I started off the season extremely like well playing wise, just they were really taking the initiative in games, you know, played Aris out of the park in the first match day. 
but that's really fizzled out. Um, when I'm not sure what happened to them, but maybe it's the pitch as well, but just they're not performing well at all. To be fair, expected goals-wise, it was pretty much the same, 0.88 to 0.9, but still, you would, uh, you know, you're at home against a team like Volos, who's just lost Warda, their best player, or maybe second best, considering they have Kubikas. You know, you just want to see more from them, and I think it's too early to say they might not be relegation candidates, especially if there's the Larissa resurgence now with their new coach. So... You know, relegation battle really is really heating up now, I think, because you have Bas who could who could still drop down, Antolikos, obviously, and Larissa and Lamia are pretty much improving, but I guess we'll come to that later. Yeah, I mean, another thing I'll add is kind of, like you guys said, just start really well and just drop off. It kind of seems almost half-assed at this point. Like, they do all the pressing, but then don't really make much of it, so it's like, why are you pressing if you're not going to continue? It's like you do all the work, and then when you're finally there to finish it off, it just kind of fizzles out and they do nothing with it. So it's like, I don't know if it's maybe they don't have any end product. They're, I, I don't know, maybe they're burnt out. Maybe we saw their peak at the beginning and not sustainable. I don't know, kind of hard to say, but we'll see how the season carries on. Um, the last one is the big game, Falcon Ike. So my only thoughts I'll say on this before I let Gosta take this over, I saw some chatter on Twitter back and forth, and it kind of turned into this weird big debate how the officiating was terrible and this, this, and that. And I don't think it was that bad as they made it out to be, but my one and only thing I'll put is this is officiating aside we've seen in all sports if your result has to come down to a missed call somewhere throughout the game that you're not playing a good game. Um, that's just my thoughts completely. Um, yeah. Missed a PK, whatever you guys were lucky to come out to two draw just cause I think I really dominated that game, but for people to complain about calls and whatnot is just, it's, it's just not a good look. Um, I think, Gav, I even saw you kind of retweet something where somebody pulled up the statistics of fouls called for and against Olympiacos and Falk. And Olympiacos is really on that bottom end of the spectrum on both sides. They get nothing, and Falk is kind of either in the middle or on top. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm a neutral, but Falk fans, please stop complaining, honestly. Just fix your game. That's the problem. There's no consistency um Jolie's had a, a stinker of a game like it was just a bad game uh I'm I feel bad for you Costa 2-2 draw for that kind of performance I don't know that that's I, I won't get too much into it I'll let you kind of both of you finish off Costa I'll let you start but I just yeah. I couldn't stand that to see that on Twitter it's just uh reaching for anything yeah I mean the thing is if it were like very clear penalty cases I would support that obviously but in both cases, you can make a compelling argument that they are and that they aren't penalties. You know, it's a very subjective uh, call. In fact, the clear one is, you know, the push on Wavda. I'd say, in my opinion, that is a penalty. But uh, the other one, uh, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into the individual one. <laughs> it hasn't been that, uh, I don't think there were that obvious calls. No. But back to the game, um, you know, Pauk, they, uh, 
you know, they just didn't have a lot of offensive output. The only time when they did was really in the first half, a few times when Zolius got the ball and, uh, you know, got the ball into Kermenchik or Zivkovic on the wings. They were able to threaten, but it was really non-existent. And, uh, you know, considering, I feel like they should have really just gone for it more, considering our defense was made up of an 18-year-old Lazzi and Nosvarnas who has not had a great season. Then again, to his credit, he did have a massive performance. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, it's a it was really a classic derby. Both sides canceled each other out. I would say Ajax played slightly better, but nothing special, you know. And it was a mistake to, perhaps a mistake to maybe just sit back already after, you know, say 60 minutes to just try and maintain that lead and then to try and maintain that draw after Villarinha scored. Yeah. Um, had us under pressure, but no real big chances, you know, not, no real threat. Expected goals-wise, actually, I was pretty surprised, but Bauk did win on that one, 1.22 to 0.95. So, you know, it's not all bad, obviously, but uh, obviously that free kick, that indirect free kick from Villarreña must have contributed a lot to that score being high. So, obviously, that must be kept into mind. But, yeah, that's... Uh, it's pretty much all from my side, you know. Probably at the end of the day, it's just deserved for both sides. No side really deserved a win. You know, we didn't create enough chances to really come out on top either. I mean, yeah, I think from my perspective of watching that game, uh, Ike should have been the side that were really disappointed, not necessarily with the decisions, but with the result. Because I think, you know, from my opinion, I think they were a lot better. Um I mean, we see it all the time. Like you talked about the, you know, that thing I re I retweeted. You know, I think I'm pretty sure Pauk have tied for the most penalties awarded in the league this season. Yep. I mean, and, Pauk, I'll even say Pauk fans even said like they didn't play well this game, like, but they still wanted the calls to win the game. Like, which one is it? But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I I saw Chuck say something about that, which you know, again. I appreciate that because I, you know, I feel like he's very, you know, level-headed where a lot of Pac fans aren't. Um, where he said, you know, listen, we can't be relying on, on the referees, which is totally true. I, I feel like that's kind of a pattern with Pac because it seems like every big game that comes up, there's always, oh my God, you know, the referees, the referees, the referees. They were very lucky to get a 2-2 result. I think they should be happy with it as far as how the game went. Um, yeah, overall, I just think that it was a classic Greek derby, I guess. Always controversy. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I guess we've seen lots of games in history of just not even just Greek football, but football and sports in general, especially American sports specifically. Like, we've seen refs decide games are completely blow calls but I didn't see anything in this game and like I'm with Goss I'm not going to individually go through each one but there wasn't any specific moment or quote-unquote missed call that really stood out where like okay that's a completely blown call they could have gone either way I, I just from a neutral standpoint sure I, I completely disagree um, but I'm, I'm in the sentiment of with Gav, like Ike probably has to be a little more disappointed. I'm surprised Costa's a little more level-headed about it, that Ike should be a little more disappointed that they walked away with just the point. Um, 
because this could end up being like really deciding game later on in the season or the table since they're sharing points right now of who finishes in second and who finishes in third or even fourth. I mean, Adis might can leapfrog at any point. So um, it does, I guess the result from, from my end does kind of keep things interesting in the table. I always love good uh, last push this season, come down to whoever wins the last couple games is going to decide it all. But um, I just, I saw that and I was like, ah, the drama of Greek football. I love it, but I hate it when it's like this. But we haven't seen too much of it. Um, and I mean, this is a thing with Pauk. I mean, they have not won a derby this season. They, I do believe they played right. four. I believe they played four. They've drawn three and they've lost one. If that's your record in derbies, you don't get to be complaining about the refs because <laughs> you're obviously not performing in these games. And I don't think we've seen them perform in these big games. And that's that's why they've fallen off. I mean, if you look at the, the teams from the past couple of seasons that really were dominant and were really dangerous, they were winning derbies. Pauk were winning derbies, whether it was against Olympiacos, whether it was Ike, Panathinaikos, and a lot of times they were big results. And it's not even not that they're big that results, though, but they, they find a way to get results even when they're playing bad. Um, and this well, goes I to mean, what we've been preaching all season, or at least me, is Bauk just is so hot and cold and inconsistent. So we've seen them play great games, but not put away chances. And then they get beat or draw because of little mistakes and games like this, where I guess, yeah, you could say they got a result, but it was really a draw in a big derby and they just didn't play well. So it's like, it's, it's moments like these that separate the good from the great, you know, like great teams dig and find any kind of way to get a result, no matter how bad they're playing. Or how the officiating is going. I mean, that's just that's just how it is. Yeah, the park from 2019, basically, like they would have. I don't think they would have lost. Um, or at any rate, I don't think they would have lost. First of all, Olympiacos a week ago, and I don't think they would have lost yesterday's game either, because they had, you know, they had quality finishers, and for example, Periovic and Akpom, who, sure, they have Kermenchik now, but. You know, it's not really the same right now. Different Maybe. style guy. Yeah, I mean, exactly. and they just brought him in. So exactly. it might be a little too little too late for that, but. Yeah, and they just had players like, I don't know. We had a younger Vierinha at that point who could really decide games on his own. To be fair, he did equalize yesterday, but he just is not at that point where he can make the difference anymore. I mean, this is a thing for Pauk. I mean, the reason they were so successful for that, you know, two or three year period, even when they weren't winning the league, they were always a very dangerous team. They would take the game to you. That was how Pauk played. They took the game to you. They're always putting pressure on. This team doesn't do that. That's the thing yeah. that has been missing this season in Europe, in Greece. I mean, they've lost they that identity in them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is why they can't break down teams like Ammonia. That would have never happened couple years ago I mean oh I guess you can't really say that because they were still terrible in Europe back then too but in Greece I mean these problems is just like you said they lost that identity I feel like they've lost either that core of players getting older or moving out something's kind of missing because it's like yes Ike are in really great form I'll give them that and they've jumped in but Ike did not start off well um and they still, they found a way to keep their defense, I guess, 
above water, but I would still say that that is their weakest point and Falk's strongest point is their offense. And they, they didn't find that yesterday outside of the first half. Like you said, Costa, there wasn't much attack after that. And it's, it's just so well, odd to see. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's the hot and cold, the inconsistency. Just, I, I don't get it this season really. Well, they made, they made the game comfortable for Ike in the beginning when Ike weren't, I mean, how many really clear cut chances did they create at the beginning of that game? I mean, yeah, you know, you know, Krimenchik, he had the ball, his shot cleared off the line by Svannas, but I mean, it, again, like that's just the thing I remember about this power team past couple of years and just dreading playing them because that's what you were coming up against. They were going to throw everything at you from the first minute and for whatever reason, they've lost that. It's ironic as well because the team hasn't changed that much for the worse when you look at the individual players, but they've lost just a lot of cohesion within the team and mm -hmm. just the coach has made a big dip. You know, Razan Lucescu is one of the best coaches that Bauk's ever had. And um, you can notice his absence. You know, Baba Garcia, he just came from the academy. He's not quite the same yet. Sure, he might develop, but right now... You know, he was mainly brought in for his ability to work with these youngsters because he did a phenomenal job in the academies and because he can get these players to, uh, you know, fight for the badge of the club. You know, he he's basically a Pauk man inside and out. Um, but we're not really seeing that yet. And I feel like if that part improves, then their derby performance will improve drastically. But I feel like they're... It was just a little bit soft. You know, there was no not a lot of determination in their team. And it's the same critique I had of Ike last season as well. I am, kind of reminds me of them, honestly, in the Derby. I mean, we might not see it at all, too. If he said, you know, if results don't start changing, he said, I'll step down. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, from his mindset, this, this might be as far as he's gotten. Maybe he's realizing he's tapped out his potential or what he can get. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Bauk because honestly, they've been hot and cold and they're still fighting for a second spot. Yeah, so, I mean, you can't, you can't knock them. We're knocking, we're nitpicking at this point, but I guess it's more because sometimes their fans like to talk up like, Hey, we're, we're on top level and it's, well, you know, things have changed a bit and we don't, we don't see it from, being neutral fans or fans of the other teams, um, obviously it's always going to be competitive and heated, but, um, you know. Yeah, it's definitely not all bad, you know, especially no. now Tagawa coming in um, and Ike messing up everything from a, you know, not just PR standpoint, but like transfer standpoint. I could definitely see Tagawa uh, leapfrogging us, but yeah, they just have to, I mean, I guess we'll see tomorrow when they play Olympiacos. That will be a pretty interesting game to watch because I feel like they did play much better in the derby in Tuba. But yeah. obviously, the kind of spectacle is a whole different thing even without fans. So we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, yeah, as you said, we may have knocked them a bit too much. Uh, at the end of the day, they're only one point behind. Yep. Play. I can't be saying much. We're barely even in fourth still. So uh, we're still fighting a lot harder than they are. <laughs> so, well, on that note, um, I think that wraps it about up. Um, give us we a have follow. one more result there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we? Let's see. Lamia and Panatolikos. 
Oh yes, yes, the Battle of the Bottom. Not, <laughs> not a not a very notable result, but actually, as far as the watching the game goes, it was a well. Very, that's what I was gonna say. The quality of the game was actually really good. I watched that one surprisingly because, like, we kind of I think we mentioned last episode, the episode before. Sometimes these bottom end games, you're either gonna get a really bad looking game or you're gonna get a quality football. Maybe not a lot of scoring, but I, I share that with you, Gav. It was didn't get any goals, but um, the results, but it, it was actually a pretty good game Leap to watch. Time, like, goes, hit the yeah. post three times or hit the woodwork three times in the second half, which is crazy. And I, both teams had a, a shot quit off the line. So kind of surprising that nobody scored. Yeah. Lamia two woodworks as well, I think, because I read on like until there were five woodworks all game. And obviously, yeah. as you said, two shots cleared off the line. Uh, both teams... Yeah, honestly, if they keep playing like that, they're not going to go down. But the question is if they can, and especially <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But we, I think we pick them to not go as far down as Larissa compared between the two. But, I mean. Yeah, if we look at those three teams, Larissa is definitely the least inspiring. But then again, yeah. they just hired a, a coach that, you know, saved them from relegation two years ago. Let's see if he can do the trick again. Yeah, I mean, well, there, how many points out of, uh, what do we say, relegation? Larissa has the game in hand and four points behind Pandolikos, so definitely manageable. Uh, Lamia actually has two games in hand and five points, so Pandolikos could end up being last when it's all said and done. That is Without true. Five points, two games. Yeah, that's, yeah. They do need, they just need to start winning games, though. That, that's the thing. They, they yeah, really need to find something. And yeah. Hasn't happened all season, but they brought in some old nobody. So, yeah. the state of I mean, Greek football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the games in hand is Larissa versus Lamia. So, that will prove to be pretty interesting, or it will be proved to be a terrible game, as you said. The relegation derby, right? All right. Well, I think now that wraps it up. Um, if you guys have any questions or topics we need to get into, please send us a message. Uh, I think last week we got to Chuck. He sent us um, a question. And I think coming up probably here in the next few weeks, I think we'll be able to slowly start uh, ramp up and talk more ethniki too as the games come closer and closer. I think March 25th is the first one we said. Yeah, I believe so. So uh, there'll be more content on that for sure, hopefully. Um, well, we'll see. I mean, maybe if these signings, I think Socrates is the only official one now. Um, but maybe if Mitroglu becomes official and they find some form, maybe they'll have some resurgence into the team. Highly doubtful, but who knows? Um, other than that, give us a follow um, and uh, check us out, YouTube. Apple, Spotify, it's all there. We'll uh, post it up here tomorrow morning. And uh, on that note, guys, we'll catch you next time. All right. See you guys. Thank you. See you. Guys. Thanks. See you. Thanks.